welcome to Rethink. I'm your host, Nicoleta Talpes. On the show today, we're exploring the topic of renewable energy. How can sustainable energy lead towards a greener economy and the cutting-edge technologies developed by the Mazar Institute Solar Platform? Joining me today is Nicolas Calvet, Professor of Sustainable Energy at Khalifa University. He is also the founder and chair of the Mazdar Institute Solar Platform, the first research facility in the UAE for the development of concentrated solar power components and thermal energy storage systems. Nicolas Calvet, welcome to Rethink. You are the co-founder uh, and chair of the Mazdar Institute Solar Platform. And for that, I suggest we use this part of our interview explaining what, what is this platform actually? So the Mazdar Institute Solar Platform was founded in 2013 when I joined UAE and the Mazdar Institute. Um, and the goal was to develop R&D activity around concentrated solar power that we call CSP, and more importantly, thermal energy storage, TES. Uh, why we created this platform, the, the intention was to attract international collaboration in order to bring different technology in the UAE and test them in desert environment. It's very important to test this technology in our very specific environment. It's not because your technology works well in Spain, for example, that it will work properly in UAE. Why? We have sandstorm, we have uh, high relative humidity in summer, we can have 50 degrees uh, as a temperature. So we are very, very in um, specific uh, climate condition. And that's why I thought that having this platform, uh, in, which was the, the first platform dedicated to this activity in UAE, was very important to uh, test and bring different technologies. So by, by using this uh, test as a, as a top of your priority, it means that you work with a lot of partners and uh, you try to identify existing uh, uh, other existing uh, solutions in order to be tested in your environment. How does this partnership work between, uh, between industries, be between academia even? So uh, the, the unique... Uh, opportunity we offer to industry is to have an independent validation of the technology. So imagine you are trying to sell a technology and you claim that your technology is the best. Well, your competitor are saying the same, right? But if you, if you give your prototype in the hand of a third party that is independent, we are a university, so we are a non-profit organization. And then we test your technology and we give you a report on the performance of your technology, then your talk can be totally different because you will say, look, my technology was validated by an independent party, which is a university. And so we have nothing to gain in, in, this, um, in this game, right? So it, it's a kind of uh, independent validation of your technology by a local key player, which is recognized by um, 
all the investor or clients or whoever is interested in your technology. So uh, yeah, sorry, if, if you want to add something else, please. Yeah, so I would like to give you um, two examples of collaboration, even three. Uh, the first collaboration we did was with Energy Nest, which is a, a company from Norway. At the time we met them, they, they didn't have any pilot yet. And so they wanted to build their first pilot. Uh, instead of building their pilot in, in Norway, where maybe there is no market, they decided to partner with us in order to test together their system in the UAE, in real condition, right? And uh, so we did all the tests, we provided the report, and thanks to this uh, testing, they were able to raise, if I'm not wrong, $130 million uh, to commercialize the technology. So it was a real success story of a collaboration between industry from Norway and uh, a local university in the UAE. Another example, uh, today we are working with Azilio, which is a Swedish company. And so we are testing their new system, uh, which is, um, uh, the, the, to my knowledge, the world first high temperature latent heat thermal energy storage. So latent, latent heat means that you have a phase transition. Uh, it's exactly like when you put um, water in your freezer to make ice cube for your soda you have a phase transition between liquid and solid, which is uh, the, the ice, right? So we are doing exactly the same, but at much higher temperature at 575 degrees Celsius. And uh, by doing that, we are able to store solar energy. So um, this is another example of collaboration with industry. This project is ongoing. And um, Azelio already sold one system, for example, to Diwa, uh, for the um, Sheikh Maktoum Solar Park Visitor Center. And so it's a, a very good example of how by demonstrating your technology here in the UAE, you can give confidence to your future clients. So actually you are turning, turning this challenge of the environment into opportunities. In time, you, you became a, a hub for uh, cutting edge technologies. We just, you, you just presented some of that, some of these uh, technologies, but um, what is the Mazdar Institute Solar Platform? Uh, what are the technology uh, that the Mazdar Institute Solar Platform is currently researching to help the sustainability power in the region? Well, so we, we are trying to focus on on two uh, domains. The first domain is concentrated solar power. So basically we are using mirror, a large surface of mirror to concentrate the light into a small surface of, of a receiver. By doing that, we concentrate the, the light from the sun. And so we obtain very high temperature heat at very high temperature. So the the advantage of concentrated solar power compared to conventional photovoltaic, uh, you know, photovoltaic that we call PV, is a conventional solar panel that you put on your roof and converts directly light into electricity. The, the advantage of concentrated solar power is that we create heat before producing electricity. And it's simpler to store heat than to store electricity. Exactly like in your home, I'm sure you all have 
a hot water tank for your shower or your kitchen, right? So you store hot water in a tank in order to uh, have uh, hot water in, in a later time in the day. We're doing exactly the same, but at much higher temperature and with much larger tanks. So for example, in a commercial plan, a tank will be 36 meters in diameter and 14 meters high. So it's huge tank. But and we are using, we are using this kind of material, molten salt. So it's nitrate salt mm -hmm. that, we, mm -hmm. that we use usually in agriculture as fertilizer. But if you increase the temperature up to 220, it will become liquid and you can pump it exactly like you pump water. So that's, uh, that's the activity we're doing. We're trying to store solar energy during day when we have a lot of sun to reuse it at night when we don't have sun. And so we're testing different way to store uh, solar energy, but each time we need number one, a material that is available in large quantity, because as I mentioned, the tanks are huge, so we need large quantity of material. And of course, this material should withstand very high temperature. And this material should be affordable because we try to make the system cost effective. So that's what we do at the solar platform. We are trying to increase the efficiency of system, adapt to desert environment, and decrease the cost of uh, all the system. So our, um, I didn't uh, comment on this, but the conventional way to store energy is to use batteries. So you all know the Tesla car, right? So the lithium ion batteries. Uh, this is very good for mobile application like cars. And this, this is good also for small scale system. For example, if you have a farm in the desert and you are off grid, then I would advise to have photovoltaic panel on your roof and few battery in your garage. When we talk about uh, long-term duration storage, when we want to produce electricity during nine, 10, 15 hours after sunset, then thermal energy storage is a much better option because it's more cost-effective than uh, batteries. Another advantage is that batteries are not really adapted to desert environment. For example, in summer, when it's 50 degrees outside, when you have a high humidity, very often your battery are, are suffering. And um, many times I had to change my car battery uh, here because they are suffering in, in desert environment. When you store heat at 500, 600, 1000 degrees Celsius, you don't care if outside it's 50 degrees. So thermal energy storage is much more adapted to desert environment than conventional batteries. It's, it's clear that sustainable energy is central to a green economy. And that's why I'm going to, to uh, ask you, how can sustainable energy lead towards a green economy? Can you explain uh, what is your part in this, uh, in this process? Well, so uh, I think the, the, the example of the UAE is, is a perfect example because I joined uh, Mazdar Institute in 2013. And at this time, renewable energy were very expensive. And so we were um, competing against fossil fuels, which were very uh, affordable because we are in the oil and gas country, of course. And um, 
with time, we have seen the cost of renewable energy decreasing, 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 till uh, reaching the level of fossil fuel, which was a, a breakthrough at this time. So renewable energy became cost competitive with fossil fuel. And recently in April 2020, we got a new world record in Abu Dhabi of $1.35 a kilowatt hour for solar PV, which means that today uh, solar energy in the UAE is the cheapest way to produce electricity, including fossil fuel. So uh, when I joined Mazda Institute in 2013, um, we knew that this will happen one day because by investing and diversifying your economy, so UAE decided to diversify the economy by investing, for example, in, in Mazda initiative, uh, we knew that this time will come. And we have seen, for example, the, the, the cost of course decreasing, but the, the, the install capacity of solar energy in the world was multiplied by seven from 2013 uh, to the end of 2020. So all this um, create a, a momentum around renewable energy. And so the, the UA government decided to commit on 44% uh, of renewable energy in the total energy mix by 2050, which means that if you had the 6% of nuclear uh, that we will have, 50% uh, of our total energy in the grid will come from clean energy. So I think this is remarkable. And this is the only way you can push for this kind of development. If, if the government is supporting the, the deployment of renewable energy, then it helps all the economy, all the industry to develop this uh, very affordable uh, technology. And that's how you make the price goes down. Does that answer your question? Yes, yes, thank you. It answers actually two of, uh, of my questions because uh, uh, yes, uh, the, the region has uh, its uh, net, uh, net zero by 2050 strategy so it's clear that your part is very important in this uh, in reaching this this goal yeah so um we have to to take example of existing case study so if you look at california for example they started much more in advance than us to deploy uh, solar pv uh, they face a problem today because most of their energy during the day is coming from solar. Solar is intermittent. So you have sun during the day, but you don't have sun during the night. So usually if you look at the electricity demand on the grid, you have what we call a camel curve. You have two peak, one in the middle of the day uh, when all the industry is producing and one in the evening when everybody goes back home and switch on the light. So when you produce with solar PV without storage, you will match the first peak in the middle of the day. And so you will start to shave this peak. And instead of having a camel, you will obtain what we call the duck curve because it looks like a duck. And the problem of the duck curve uh, is uh, very important to understand, especially for investors. If you invest in PV in California today, you are losing your money because nobody needs this energy in the middle of the day. So that means you have what we call over-generation risk. The electricity you produce has no value because 
nobody needs it. And as you know, if you produce electricity and inject it to the grid, somebody has to consume it somewhere. You cannot keep electricity in the grid and store electricity in the grid. You risk a blackout, you, you risk to lose this uh, grid. And so what, what is doing California today is begging the state around them to get rid of this electricity. So imagine if you are an investor and you have invested in a solar farm, well, you lost your money. So the solution to that is energy storage. We need to store this uh, electricity when we have a lot of sun to reuse it at night when we don't have sun. And one solution to do that is to combine, for example, um, solar PV with concentrated solar power that includes thermal energy storage. So you use PV during the day uh, when, when you need it because it's cheap, but you store one part um, of energy in, in energy storage to discharge at night when you have the second peak of the camel, right? Uh, when the sun goes down, that's when you need this energy and that's how you can produce it through uh, thermal energy storage. How do you see the, the future of renewable energy? It's clear that it's ascending and the people and the industry, industries and businesses all over the world are more open to this uh, idea. But you as a, as a specialist in this, uh, in this uh, team, what is your future of the industry looks like? Well, so we have, as I mentioned, we have several objectives. One of them is, of course, to decrease the cost to make it even more competitive. Uh, another objective is to increase the operating temperature. We want to, today we are working in the range of 300 to 600 degrees Celsius. Why? Because number one, these molten salts are degraded after 600, so we cannot use them above this temperature. Number two, the conventional turbines that we are using are um, working with steam and, and the range of working is between 300 and 600. So this is a perfect scenario. In the future, we want to work with gas turbines. So instead of using steam, we will use hot air or supercritical CO2. And so the range of operation is shifted towards higher temperature between 800 and 1000 degrees Celsius. Why we want to do that? Because the efficiency of conversion from heat to electricity is much higher with this kind of cycle. So in the future, we will use what we call combined cycles. So one turbine using uh, gas, one turbine using steam, and we could achieve up to 62% of conversion from heat to electricity. So this is the target. We want to increase the efficiency of all these plants. And for that, we need to find material that can withstand very high temperature. And it's not a simple task because as, as you can imagine, working at 1000 degrees Celsius is not the same than working at 600 degrees Celsius. Yeah, it's, a, it's an industry that it's clearly evolving due to the technologies that are still uh, arising from one moment to another. But because we have reached the end of our meeting, uh, I would like to, to address one last question. And that is, uh, how do you imagine the world you would like to live in? Well, um... I think I'm, I'm really happy to live in UAE because they are demonstrating my dream. My dream is 
uh, oil and gas country uh, investing his money on renewable energy. And that's what they are doing. They are diversifying their economy. And, and you have uh, two effects. The, the first effect is that renewable energy becomes cheaper and cheaper, so cost competitive. And the other effect is that at the same time, you save environment because instead of burning gas or, 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 or fuel, you are using solar energy. Uh, living in UAE with 365 days of sun during the, the year, it would make no sense to not utilize this energy that you have just on top of your head, right? So by using solar energy today for our needs, we can keep oil and gas for application where it's difficult to use something else, right? So we still have, we still need oil and gas, but if we replace one part of the energy we are consuming by renewable energy, that means we are extending the life of our resource of oil and gas for the future. And so I think it's a, it's a very uh, smart strategy in order to have a sustainable development. You know the definition of sustainable development, right? You, um, it's a development that, that consider your uh, need at, at the present time without affecting the, the need of the future generation, right? So um, this is exactly how I see the, the, the future. We need to deploy massively renewable energy, but in a smart way, which means including thermal energy storage or, or electrochemical storage or mechanical in energy storage. You have plenty way to store uh, renewable energy today. And I trust in a mix of all this technology, uh, including a nuclear, we have uh, access to uh, a nuclear energy, which is clean, so we need to, to use it. And so we build a, a total energy mix that, that is composed of uh, solar, wind, hydro, uh, nuclear, et cetera, et cetera, to reduce the part of uh, fossil fuel, especially coal, for example. Thank you, Nicolas. It was a very interesting meeting and I hope to see you again because renewable energy is something on, on the top of the agenda of every, every discussion and every meeting we had until now uh, when we are thinking of how to build a more sustainable, uh, su sustainable world we would like to live in. Thank you so much. Thank you.